At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into our VSIN studio at Circa Sportsbook. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. This is My Guys in the Desert. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday. It's hump day. That's probably coming in a little too hot there for a Wednesday, but. Welcome in. Happy to have you with us. Uh, lots to get to on the program today, especially with it being conference championship weekend. Dan Leach of the Detroit City Cast is going to join us in just a little bit, as well as VEASAN's own Wes Reynolds for the second half hour of the program. Uh, but let's jump in right away to our top five stories. Things you need to know that impact us is better. Starting with, I hope you didn't tear up your Clippers ticket last night because down 35 with a minute 20, 20 to go in the first half. The Clippers somehow came all the way back to beat the Washington Wizards 116 to 115 as four and a half point dogs. Cash plus 165 on the money line. Adding to the insanity though, LA still trailed by seven with less than 20 seconds left. But Luke Kennard converts the four point play with 1.9 on the clock to seal the deal. Their third comeback win of 24 or more points in just the last month alone. They're back in action tonight. Clippers are plus one with a total of 213 at Amway Center against the Orlando Magic who are I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The worst team in the NBA right now. They are, however, fresh off a 114-95 upset of the shorthanded Chicago Bulls. Sticking in L.A., the Lakers beat the Brooklyn Nets last night by 10, 106-96. Covering his four-point road favorites and Anthony Davis's first game back since suffering a knee injury back on December 17th. He only put up eight points in 27 minutes of action, but was a noticeable improvement for the squad. Defensively had a steal and four blocks. Brooklyn was without the injured Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who cannot play at Barclays Center. Those two will be out again tonight as the Nets are back in action against the Nuggets. Uh, both teams tonight on second half of back-to-backs. Denver beat the Pistons in Detroit last night, 110-105, behind another dominant night from Nikola Jokic. One assist shy of a triple-double. 28 points, 21 boards, 9 assists. His squad's a two-point road favorite. Total 221.5. Denver, by the way, 3-2 and two straight up, but 0-5 against the number in their last five games. The Nets, meanwhile, since Durant has been out for their last five, 2-3 and three straight up and against the number. Some NFL injury updates for you um, regarding Wednesday's practices ahead of these championship weekend games. Chiefs Pro Bowl safety Tyron Matthew did not practice today, still in the concussion protocol. Head coach Andy Reid said, though, there's a 
chance if everything works out, he gets back for Sunday. Chiefs seven-point favorites at Arrowhead against Cincinnati. Also, a slew of 49ers, as you see there on your screen, as they visit the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Jimmy Garoppolo limited at practice, but his shoulder injury has now been removed from the report. Just the thumb to worry about, so a good sign for San Francisco. Running back Elijah Mitchell didn't practice with a knee issue, but he faced a similar listing last week and was off the report by Friday. Fellow back Jeff Wilson, meanwhile, was limited, and left tackle Trent Williams didn't practice dealing with an ankle injury. Kyle Shanahan told reporters today, though, that both he and Williams expect him to be out there and available to play, but whether he's not 100% or not out there, still a struggle, as you know, against a deadly L.A. Rams pass rush. Lastly, 49ers activated wide receiver Mohamed Sanu from the injured reserve. He hasn't been available since week nine. In eliminated team NFL news, according to NFL reporter Jordan Schultz, both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams would love to team up for the Broncos. Another part of the machinations of this idea you'd expect would be the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, who's heavily in the mix for the Broncos head coaching gig. Denver, the favorite to be his 2022 team at all of the online books, as short as plus 200 at some, also available at some places. Will Aaron Rodgers be a Packer in week one? Yes, plus 160, no, minus 225. Elsewhere in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings have hired a new general manager, Kwesi Adofu Mensa, who hasn't followed a very traditional path to get to the GM spot. He has an MBA from Stanford, began his career as a Wall Street trader before joining the 49ers in an analytics role back in 2013. Next step for him in Minnesota, no doubt, is going to be to hire a replacement for head coach Mike Zimmer. Odds to be the Vikings' next head coach are up at DraftKings. Todd Bowles, the Bucks DC is the front runner, followed by Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Ryan, San Francisco's DC. Then you see Kellen Moore, the, Co- the Cowboys offensive coordinator there, a plus 600 as well. Interesting list for the Vikings' next head man. Let's now welcome in, as promised, Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast at Dan Leach971 on Twitter. Give him a follow as I do. Hi, Dan. How are you? Thanks for coming on with us. Fantastic, and it's great to see you. I was at that Pistons Nuggets game by the by the way last night. Ooh. Easy money on Cade Cunningham over 16 and a half points. He had a career at 34, but of course the Pistons lost. That's the that's the usual for us. There. I was gonna say that's always a tough one walking out of the arena in your Pistons gear after a bad game, though. Yeah, but you can't give up. You can't give up. The dream, the dream's alive. The future is bright. Never give up. Never surrender. What I do want to talk to you about, though, first, before we get to some NBA action in a little bit, is let's continue our talk with these conference championship games coming up this weekend. Your guy, Matt Stafford, lives another week facing his NFC West rival in the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the Rams didn't get the better of San Francisco in their two meetings earlier this season. But how do you like their chances this Sunday? By the way, I'm shocked. I didn't know you were a Galaxy Quest fan. Never give up, never surrender. <laughs> uh, listen, I- I'll tell you this about Stafford. It's so funny. We talked about this last week. We have this kind of underlying thing here in Detroit with just not just the media, but with fans as well, obviously, that they just don't want to give Stafford any credit. We talked, I talked about it with you and on my show and, and various shows that I've done over the last several years, that the people that are that are talking about Stafford not being a good quarterback are just being silly. The Stafford haters need to shut up. And this guy, I mean, obviously. Cam Akers almost blew the game for 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 Stafford and the Rams and fumbled twice, uh, including that bad late one. But Matt Stafford's been fantastic, and this is a guy that if the teams were built right here in Detroit, I think the you know a, a, a football fan that knows his worth would know that he was definitely capable of doing what he's doing in his first year in Los Angeles. And you know when you look at this game, is the third the third time hopefully is a charm. It's been uh, not a good year for the Rams versus the Niners, especially a couple weeks ago. But it's it's so tough to beat a team three times the way Stafford. 
Stafford and that Rams team is playing, if they don't turn the ball over, I just think that this luck's going to run out with Jimmy G. You mentioned the, the injury stuff. I know the shoulder's off. But listen, this is a game in Los Angeles. You know, the way the Rams played last week until the late stages of that game against the defending champions make you feel so good. I think Stafford's going to have another great game. I know San Fran's 7-3 against the spread in their last 10 games against the Rams and just 3-7 and seven straight up with the Rams in the last 10 against San Fran. But Los Angeles is a different team under Matt Stafford. That defense will be ready. They'll force Garoppolo into mistakes. And I think that the Rams are – I can't believe I'm saying this. Matt Stafford's going to the Super Bowl <laughs> in his first freaking year in Los Angeles. And I know Kelly Stafford, his wife, who didn't love being in Detroit sometimes, she's going to be fired up to be in the Super Bowl at home in L.A. Crazy to think that a guy who had never won a playoff game over three oh. in his playoff history now potentially favored to go to the Super Bowl. Kind of a crazy thought process. But hey, because you did mention it being at SoFi, let's all admit that the Rams did have to go to silent count in that last game because there were so many 49er yeah. fans out there. So just be aware of that, right? Yeah, speaking of Kelly Stafford, she got really mad about that and made sure the next week that it wasn't a problem with the cards. But yeah, I don't think that's going to be an issue in this one. I mean, this is an NFC title game, and I think that you know the you know we know LA can be have fair weather fans, whether it's the Lakers or the Rams or back when the Raiders were there. I just think that this is going to be a, a different feel. It's going to be loud. There'll be a lot of Rams fans there. It'll be a hot ticket, and they will hopefully not have to go on a silent count when San Fran you know is on defense. No doubt. Are there any uh, prop bets though that you're targeting in the market this week? Yeah, you know, I not really. I, I like one in this game, in the in the Niners game, and I, I think I know Cam Akers fumbled, like I mentioned, a couple times. I think this this Rams offense is going to be much more balanced. I don't think you you look at Stafford over yard props, but I like Cam Akers' longest rush to be over 13 and a half. I think he's going to rip off a long one in this one, and I do like Jimmy G over a half interception minus 150. I know you're laying a little juice there, but I think that Rams defense will get to Jimmy G. It won't be it'll be he'll have to go to the silent count on his side. I think he's going to be forced to do a mistake, but I love some props in the other game. I know we'll talk about the spread there in a second. When you look stormy at what the, the Bengals did in week 17 uh, against the Chiefs, beating them 34, you know, 31, Burrow 446 yards and four touchdowns, 148 uh, quarterback rating, Chase 266 yards, three touchdowns. I like Jamar Chase first touchdown at uh, plus 10.50, so, you know, 100 wins, uh, uh, or 100 wins 10, 1,000 to $50 if you get him for the first touchdown. Burrow over 286 and a half yards, uh, you know, obviously in the last game, he, he was phenomenal through 446. And I like, you know, Chase, when you look at what his yardage props are, I think he has a big game as well. So I think that that's where a lot of the action is going to be, at least for me, when it comes to the prop market. Okay, I've got a lot to unpack there. Real quick, I'm going to go back to Jimmy G and the interceptions. And like you said, I know that was juiced to minus 150, but it has been a virtual lock. I was just looking up his numbers. He's thrown nine in the last eight games, six in the last four. As much as it pains me as a San Francisco <laughs> 49ers fan myself, he has hit that numerous, numerous times. And then with regards to your Bengals props, it definitely seems like you're geared toward Cincinnati with all that love to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Is that where you're leaning with the spread as well? Yeah, and by the way, I, did I get things started with my only, you, you asked me what my play of the week was in the in the first round. I said the Cowboys against your Niners, and that's the only game I lost that week. So <laughs> I think I started this run for your Niners. But yeah, when you look you. at the Bengals. Thank you. I appreciate it. Keep betting against us, and we'll keep proving you wrong. <laughs> you know I love you, Stormy. That's all. I'm, I'm always here for you. Look at the look at the Bengals and the Chiefs in this game, and, and you can't just get married to trends, but I'll just give you this. The Bengals are 6-0 against the spread in their last six games. I know Kansas City is 8-2 against the number in their last 10, but after last week's insanity, one of the greatest games these eyes and anybody's eyes have ever seen with the Bills and the Chiefs, 
it's too many points. Story, it's just too many points. I mean, this is an a, you know an AFC title game. I know it's in Kansas City. Weather's not going to be an, a factor. It, can Kansas City win? Of course. But I think that seven is too many. I'm all about the Bengals in this game. They just played this team a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think obviously both teams have a great chance to win. But when I'm getting a touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I'm not have to, I don't have to buy it off, you know, up to six from six and a half or anything like that. I'm taking the touchdown, especially with the numbers with Cincinnati. Burrow continues to get better. He had almost 500 yards the last time these teams played. Chase had almost 300 yards receiving. I think it's going to be an offensive points palooza. And I'm all about these props uh, with the Bengals and taking the Bengals plus the seven. In that points palooza, I'm all over the over as well. A 34-31 Bengals win in that Week 17 matchup you just mentioned. And as we get set for the conference championship weeks, no, it's never too early to prepare for the big game, which we all know what that is. We want to make sure VEASAN's part of your plans. We're going to have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to the sixth annual live big game BetCast. Make sure you join us before, during, and after the action. We will have more with Dan Lee on the other side of this break. Keep it locked right here. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. There are now CityCast in Chicago, Denver, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, DC, and Detroit, which is where we once again welcome back in our guy Dan Leach, host of the Detroit City Cast. We're gonna play a little game here to start us off, Dan, called Do I Love Games. So, okay, then you're perfect for this segment. Doing the most. These odds are presented by Bet Rivers, but we're going to go through the passing yards, receiving yards, and rushing yards for these conference championship games coming up this weekend. Who do you think is going to do the most? So we'll start with passing, although I already feel like based on our first segment, you've got to lean toward Joe Burrow here. Um, but of the four quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mahomes is tied with Burrow at plus 175 atop this odds board here. Doing the most. You got Burrow? Yeah, yeah, listen, in a different situation based on the value, I would go with Stafford. But I think they're going to have a much more balanced attack, especially after those Acres fumbles. 
last week. So I, it's, it's, I'm not taking Mahomes. It's all about Burrow for me. I mentioned he threw for 446 yards just a few weeks ago, week 17, when they played that game in Cincinnati, four touchdowns. I think both quarterbacks are going to have big days, but Joe Burrow is going to end up with the most passing. Yards. Hey, value only works out if it cashes. So either way, Correct. you know, we'll see. Uh, Stafford's no. my guy, though. It's tough. I gotta, I'm married to the guy. No love for Jimmy G. Poor guy. Uh, Zero. <laughs> Zero love for Jimmy G. How about uh, receiving? Who do you think is going to do the most in the receiving game this weekend? Well, listen, you know, I, I'm going to stick with what, you know, we've talked about with the Bengals and and, and you look at right there with, with Jamar Chase and, and what he was able to do uh, in week 17, 266 yards and three touchdowns. Now, listen, I want to say this, Kansas City's defense, you know, you go back to the middle part of the season, at one point they were like, you know, 12 or so to one to win the Super Bowl when they had to get things together and Andy Reid calmed that team down and obviously the defense started playing really well. I, I played them a lot week to week in my, in my fantasy league. So the, the Kansas City defense has gotten better but they still, they, they were better three, four weeks ago when they played the Bengals in week 17. I, I think Jamar Chase is just going to get the job done again. And I think he's going to have the most receiving yards in this championship weekend. I like Chase as well. You mentioned the 266 week 17, but he's gone over 109 in each of the two playoff games so far in four of his last five games. Certainly the consistency is there late in the season. One sneaky guy on there, I think potentially you want to give Debo Samuel some love at 13 to one. He's been limited the last few games in the receiving game, but 95 plus each meeting with the Rams this season, four games he went over 155. So if you're looking for value, potentially Samuel lower on the board. Uh, What about the rushing game. I know we talked about Cam Akers, the longest rush for him going over 13 and a half, but do you think he has a chance for the most rush yards for the weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. And, and back to your point, you made a great point about Debo Samuel. The problem, though, I think with Debo Samuel is that they're using him in the rush game. I mean, he had that huge first down to win the game against the Packers, which I know I know you know all too well. So you look at you know his value for rushing yards, 550 right now. You know, that's that's value, but you said it's only value when you mm-hmm. cash. For me, you know, Mitchell has the highest yardage number. I think it's 70 and a half of all the running backs this week. I'm going to go with Akers, though. Like I said, I, I just feel like this, this game plan for the Rams is going to be much more balanced. What I'm hearing is that Cam Akers had a great week of practice so far for my friends to cover the Rams out there. And, I mean, getting, you know, plus 260 to me is, is I think, the best value of all this right now. So I'm going to go with Akers. And, and Mixon's got a chance, too. But Akers is the play for me for the most rushing yards this week uh, on Championship Sunday. Yeah, Mixon there listed at plus 325. He does average 75 a game this year. Held to just 54 and 48 yards against the Titans and Raiders, though, respectively, this postseason. Patrick Mahomes, 20-1. to 1. He led the divisional round. Just saying. I was just going to say, you want to take Mahomes? He had a great <laughs> run, couple runs against the Bills. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be doing that again, but yeah, he did have 69 yards on there's, the ground in that game. There's no way. Well, they led their respective teams, him and Josh Allen, but there's no way Mahomes leads rushers this week. It's not no happening. No way. No way. Uh, any other final thoughts, though, on conference championship weekend that you think just other betters should be aware of going into Sunday before we move on to the NBA? Yeah, I just think it's really important. Well, first off, I can't believe Stafford might go to the Super Bowl, be here in Detroit my whole <laughs> life and be a huge Lions fan. Uh, I, I just think the betters need to be careful to not, you know, try to be too cute. I mean, seven points with the Bengals is too many points, in my opinion. I like the Bengals plus the seven. The other side, I, I took the Rams at minus three. I know it's three and a half and four in some places. Don't try to be too cute. Don't try to outsmart yourself. If you really think that the Niners have the value for the winning the third time, uh, you know, in this season against the Rams, 
take the Niners. Don't try to, you know, convince yourself other sides and trends and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes, you know, the easiest solution is the easiest solution, and that's what I think people need to look at. It's a football game. It's not. It's like betting on the Super Bowl. You can't just bet more on the Super Bowl because it's it's a Super Bowl. You got to look for what you think is the best team to bet on, the best value to bet on, and not get too crazy about it. And I mean, the great advice for betters and great advice for some coaches too, because how often in these games have we seen an offensive coordinator get too cute with a play or a moment, and then we're all screaming at the TV set. Um, also, yep. by the way, I can't believe I'm just pointing this out now. Love the blue background. You're definitely on the Rams. You've got the just blue lit everything. You're ready to go. Yes, I got my Barry Sanders jersey back there that I've had since 1989. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Okay, in the NBA tonight, 10 games on the slate. What's one that really stands out to you? I love this this uh, Phoenix Suns uh, Utah Jazz game. I think you look at the Suns. You know they're going for eight wins in a row. Of course, no Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, who by the way went to my boarding school, Brewster Academy, uh, for the Jazz. And I just think that without those two guys and the way the Suns are playing right now at Booker and and just the, this this team is really playing some great basketball. I think they get that eight win in a row. You only have to lay two points. So I like. The Suns actually one and a half now. You, you get the, the Suns with some great value, even though it's on the road. The Jazz aren't the same team without Gobert and Mitchell. I'm all about the Suns tonight. So if you like the Suns tonight, what do you think about them in terms of NBA title odds? Maybe, obviously, I mean, there's not going to be the value there on them at this point in the year, but could they be one of those teams in that position at the end of the year if they maintain what they've been doing, which has been really, really good? Yeah, listen, six to one is not terrible. I mean, it's not like the years where, you know, the Warriors have been the lockdown favorite. Sometimes a minus money favorite. Back like when Jordan's Bulls were going, you know, winning those six titles in the three back to the back to back three and three P years. Uh I'll just I'll tell you, the Suns are the kind of team that not is just capable of winning a title, but is going to win a title in the next couple of years. They're built from the inside out. They're an incredibly balanced team. They can rebound, they can shoot the three, they're well coached. I love Monty. And I, I think the Suns at six to one. I mean, look at the team's mm-hmm. thirty-seven and nine. They have barely lost this entire season. Had some weird games with some injuries, and uh, you know, I just think the Suns are. Uh, you look at the the board right now, and, and yes, they're the third favorite. There's no other team out there I'd feel great about taking. I mean, I'm not taking the Warriors. I'm not you know going that low. I'm not taking the Nets. Uh, I, I think that the Suns are not only the best value, but I think the Suns are going to get the job done this year. They're playing the most fundamental and, and metrically high basketball in the entire NBA for the most consistent part of the season all year. And I think maybe the coolest part about their story too, was that last year after they lost it, everyone was like, well, this was their only opportunity, right? Like right. They're probably done after this, but look at what they've been able to accomplish. Meanwhile, the team that beat them for the title last year, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're in action tonight as well. They're four point favorites at the Cavaliers, a central division showdown total in that one, two seventeen. I know the belief is that Giannis will be back. I think we yeah. see that in the line. He's listed as probable. Any opinion on this one tonight? Yeah, listen, this is a vintage Central Division matchup. You just mentioned the Bucs are 7-2 and two against the Central this year. The Cavs are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, as we both agree, that, you know, it looks like Giannis is definitely going to go, even though he was looked at as a, a possible game-time decision earlier today. So that line is built in at 4. You know, the Cavs are playing above their heads, and, and they're doing it with, without some guys. And you look at their spread number. They're 29-17-2. I, I think that the Bucs might win this game, but I, I'm gonna, I like the Cavs tonight. Get the four. I know there's some it's a four and a halfs out there. And, you know, this could be a one possession game at the end. And the fact that it's in Cleveland, they played so well at home. I like the Cavs tonight getting the four, even with Giannis very likely playing. You know what? That's an interesting one, too, because I'm just looking at some trends numbers and not trying to get too cute. Um, but they're one in five against the spread their last six games. But the Cavs were favored in each of those games and have a significantly right. better cover percentage as an underdog. 17, eight and one as a dog this year. So, Keep that in mind. 
Yeah, okay. story. The, the Cavs have played much better when they've been a dog, and I, and, and I think that's just the way a lot of teams are. But in this kind of a matchup, a matchup where you know the team really well, it's a central of the matchup, being at home to me makes a huge difference in this game tonight. No doubt, third meeting this year, and they did split in Milwaukee. Uh, in college hoops tonight, Michigan, okay, not the sexiest matchup I've ever seen in the world, uh, Michigan and Northwestern going at it tonight, but sometimes that can make for a good betting opportunity. Anything you like here? Yeah, listen, you asked me, I've been saying this on the Detroit City Gets for weeks, do not touch the Wolverines. You asked me two weeks ago <laughs> if I thought Michigan was going to make the tournament, if I would bet on them, absolutely not. But listen, they just came off back-to-back wins. I know Maryland stinks, but they beat them by 19. They just rocked Indiana on the road as a dog by 18. Michigan is, Juwan Howard still is an incredible coach. They still have a ridiculous amount of talent. This is a preseason top five team. Northwestern's off two losses in a row. They just got blasted by Purdue by 20. They lost to Wisconsin as well. I know it's a weird number. It's eight, but it's at Chrysler and Michigan's really starting to come together right now. So for the first time, I'm going to do it just for you, Stormy. The first time in a long time, I am going to give the Michigan Wolverines as an official Dan Leach prediction Sasquatch play. Lay the eight and watch him win by 20. Oh, my goodness. It sounds like Tim Murray always calls him like a plug-your-nose play when you don't want to do it. It stings you, but you got to go ahead. and. But what you're telling me is you're not taking Michigan 35-1 to to win the Big Ten? No, I'm definitely not taking Michigan 35-1 to to win the Big Ten. I'm taking, unfortunately, oh, so you want to talk about plug-your-nose, Michigan State, uh, the third favorite. But the way that team has played with Bingham and and just Brown and and Tom Izzo. We know he's one of the best coaches ever. Only one title, though. Same amount of titles Michigan's had in the same amount of time. But I I think the Spartans are just too good right now. Dan, you're the best. Thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. Everybody, make sure you tune in to the Detroit CityCast, hosted by Dan. Follow him at DanLeach971. When we come back, Wes Reynolds with us for the next half hour. Listen to my guys of the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, this segment brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and available in 10 different varieties, including spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, many more. Plus, for your convenience, every variety also comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, so it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We are back here live from Circus Sportsbook alongside our guy Wes Reynolds, who joins us now on the program. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Wes is like a do-it-all betting expert analyst host on every show. I'm pretty sure that like every show that I've heard on the network, we, you've been on. We fake it very well. at least. <laughs> so happy to have you on with us. He's going to be here for the final half hour of the program. And let's continue this conversation about the NFL conference championship weekend coming up. Um, let's start in the AFC Bengals at the chiefs chiefs already getting, I know most people don't bet these games until it gets much closer, but right. for those of us that like to get ahead of things, seems like the majority of money's coming on in Kansas city, big shocker, right? Yeah, no real surprise here. And, and I don't really think this is going to dance around the key number. I think seven, when seven and a half pops, that's when I'm waiting for it to get on the Cincinnati Bengals. So look. The concern for the Bengals, and I do tend to lean to that side here because they're seemingly being disrespected, I think, uh, being uh, that they've won two playoff games already. So they're not the greenhorns in the playoffs that they were to start uh, 
before the first game against the Raiders. But one thing that concerns you about Cincinnati is that this team could get off to a slow start. And are they going to be a little bit overwhelmed by the moment? If you look in the DVOA, the football outsiders kind of advanced data, Cincinnati Bengals offense ranks 29th in first quarter DVOA. The defense rates 28th in second quarter DVOA. So this is a team that can get off to a little bit of a shaky start. And they were off to a shaky start last week because they were settling for field goals. But fortunately, their defense came in and Tennessee was doing the same. And we know Joe Burrow, look, he got sacked nine times last week. Part of that was on the offensive line. Part of that was because he holds the ball a little bit too long. It reminds me of uh, the Manning cast earlier this year when Peyton would go, Eli, I don't like ball holders, Eli. I don't like ball holders. And sometimes Joe Burrow, being a second-year quarterback, can be a bit of a ball holder. So some of those sacks were on him. So that's where you worry that Cincinnati, maybe they're going to get into those you know, second and 14 situations or third and long situations because one of the things that I think that they do a little bit too much, Stormy, is they run the ball on first down a little mm-hmm. bit too much. They need to throw the ball a little bit, but they got to be able to protect Joe Burrow to do that. So, you know, favorites usually have gotten it done in this round in terms of conference championship games, I believe, of more than a field goal since 2004, 15 and 8 for the conference championship favorites, and 6 and 2 when it's a revenge matchup, mm-hmm. which it clearly is mm-hmm. because. Yeah, Cincinnati almost put five bills through the air on this Kansas City defense a couple weeks left in the regular season. So I'm kind of waiting a little bit. I understand why the Chiefs are getting the support. And by the way, obviously still in teaser range. Mm -hmm. So probably the Chiefs and the 49ers, because there's only two games, are going to be the teaser plays this weekend because we know the 49ers, your 49ers, have gotten better of the Los Angeles Rams in recent I will be very interested to see how the underdogs do in this round because, like you mentioned, this is kind of a round typically for the favorites, but so was the divisional round, right, Mm -hmm. where we saw Mm -hmm. the underdogs go 3-1 and unexpectedly. This has been kind of a weird postseason. Like, the wild card round was all favorites. It really has, and look, when we look at the trend that I just mentioned, conference championship favorites, favorites historically good since 2004 but Patrick Mahomes as great as he is only 13 15 and 1 against the number 46% when he's a favorite of more than a touchdown which he very well could be on Sunday so it's you know I know betters want to back this team because it's like okay we heard all week that the Bills Chiefs that was the de facto conference championship game in the AFC but I think that that's baked into the cake right now Cincinnati is comfortable playing in close games if this ends up being a close game. They played in 11 one-score games this season. One more on the AFC matchup. How much stock do you actually put in the last meeting? Because they played so recently, right? Week 17, the Bengals did get that upset on the road. Do you, how much do you, are you able to actually take away from that game in the second meeting? Yeah, and, and you look, and that was a shootout on both sides. I think the teams almost had 900 yards between them. There were no turnovers in that game, so it was all offense. Kansas City actually got out to, like I said, a hot start, and that's a concern for Cincinnati. They led by 14 points at least three times in the mm-hmm. first half, but the Bengals kept fighting back, and Burrow completed all the 50-50 balls in man coverage and trusted Chase and trusted <laughs> his receivers well to win. <laughs> and look, trust your guys. And they won those battles against the Chiefs secondary. So, you know, Burrow gives his guys a shot and they got to go ahead and make a play. Now, can they do it again? Uh, Bengals defense, by the way, in that second half of the first meeting, only allowed three second half points. And they came all the way back 134 to 31. So you don't want to dismiss it. 
but I don't think you want to overvalue the first meeting either. And just because he did mention the total in that game, 65 points, um, the total on the line right now, 54 and a half. And that's where we are seeing the majority of money is to the over as of right now. If you expect another shootout like we saw in the Kansas City Bills game a week ago or their previous week 13 matchup. As for the NFC Championship, 49ers, three and a half point dogs at SoFi Stadium against the Rams. Whereas you said, 49ers have gotten the better of L.A., in recent history, um, L.A. was a live dog last week, and now they're in the favorite role mm-hmm. again. How do you like them as a favorite? Yeah, it was the same line, actually, for both regular season mm-hmm. meetings. Uh, Rams were three-and-a-half-point favorites. They went 0-2 in that role, not only ATS, but straight up. And in full disclosure, I do have a Rams Super Bowl future at 15-1. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see Stormy. I'm like, <laughs> do I want to, you know, go ahead and hedge out of it here? Because the 49ers, as an underdog, have been pretty darn good. And Sean McVay, I think, against the entire NFL is like 58% against the number. But he's 3-7 and seven against Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes the team just has your number. Maybe it switches around here in Jimmy Garoppolo for as, you know, pedestrian, shall we say, as he looked in Green Bay. He finds a way Mm -hmm. and he found a way in week 18. Remember, this was 17 to nothing. And if you're looking, uh, remember watching that game and looking up and down the Twitter machine, it's like, go to Trey Lance, go to Trey Lance, get this guy out of the game. His thumbs like hanging by a thread here. Then he makes that big throw to Kittle. They get a field goal right before the half. And then it's like, okay, they're still in this game after that 17 to nothing start. That was the only time Sean McVay and the Rams have ever lost with a halftime lead. And somehow San Francisco got that running game established, came back. But if you really look at the numbers, even though it was a comeback, they dominated that game. 449 mm-hmm. to 265 yards. Trent Williams, the left tackle, did not play. The Rams just were able to convert in the red zone and convert on third down. And then the Week 10 meeting San Francisco, that was dominant on Monday night, 31 to 10. I do lean Rams here. I don't know if I'm going to bet it necessarily because I already have a 15 to one Super Bowl future. So I do, I want to necessarily hedge here or not, but I was, I was impressed with the Rams. And I think, you know, all the talk about Matthew Stafford in terms of, Oh, this guy can't win the big one. Well, how many big ones did he really play in Mm -hmm. Detroit? I think he had three playoff games in his career in Detroit and they were the sixth seed every single time. This is not a sixth seed in the Los Angeles Rams. This is a very good team. And, you know, can the 49ers line hold up against that Rams pass rush? Rams actually third in the league in sacks, led the NFL pass rush win rate. So can those guys hold up a little bit? And they did hold up against Green Bay. I will give that line credit, even though uh, Trent Williams did get that holding a penalty mm-hmm. that led to that Jimmy G intercept. Well, and speaking of Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in the National Football League, but he's dealing with an ankle injury right mm-hmm. now. So what will his availability be? And if he is ultimately able to go in there like Kyle Shanahan expects that he will be, um, well, he's obviously not going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. So how well does he hold up in both games? Though, so. Something that stood out to me in both meetings with the 49ers and Rams um, this season specifically, um, turnovers and physicality is, I think, what has led to the 49ers being able to have success. And even though Matt Stafford hasn't thrown the interceptions the last couple of games like he did in the previous meetings with San Francisco, and we all know the issues that he had late in the year prior to the playoffs – still had four turnovers in that game against the Bucs to let that lead slip away. And the 49ers, in terms of physicality, in those two games against San Francisco, um, L.A. was outgained after first contact 254-95, to and the 49ers overall outrushed them 291-116. to So my question is, 
is the turnovers and physicality something that LA can overcome or is it just something they're going to get past? The turnovers, I think they can. Now they're they're going to have to and it wasn't Stafford that turned the ball over really. It was Cam Akers Top with two and, fumbles. Yep. Look, and that's what I did kind of like about the Rams coming into the playoffs was that Okay, now they got Akers, who's more of a home run hitter to go along with Sony Michelle, who's kind of, you know, their base hitter, move the runners <laughs> over, get four and five yards. But they used Akers a lot, and he fumbled twice. Sony Michelle, one of the things about him, he doesn't really break off a lot of big runs, but he doesn't fumble, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So that's going to be the key for the Rams, not turning it over, and also finding Cooper Cup. I got to mm-hmm. think that D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, isn't going to throw a zero coverage <laughs> like Tampa Bay did at the end of the game. Cooper Cup, by the way, in both these losses to the 49ers, 240 yards in two games against these guys. So find a way to cover number 10 would be my first uh, thing for the 49ers. Yeah, no doubt. Nine loves 10, as we've been saying multiple times throughout the course of this year. Um, When we come back, we're going to wrap up the hour here on My Guys in the Desert with a game of Would You Rather. We'll also get some NBA and college hoops plays from our guy here. Maybe talk about the golf tournament at Torrey Pines that teed off tonight. Um, Stay with us right here. There's one more segment. We miss you already. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Here on My Guys in the Desert, live from downtown Las Vegas, the Circus Sportsbook, alongside Wes Reynolds. I'm Stormy Bon and Tony. Time to play a game, Wes, of Would You Rather. And we're going to look at some numbers looking. I know that this year's Super Bowl hasn't been determined yet. Next year's Super Bowl. So no rest for the wicked. No time like we got to get right? ahead of it. If the odds are out there, we're in it. <laughs> um, OK, would you rather bet next year's favorite or your favorite? So the Chiefs are plus 700 or your Indianapolis Colts 28 to one. Who would you rather? Bet? Oh, boy. <laughs> Obviously, that's going to be determined by who's going to be the quarterback uh, in Indianapolis, because we've kind of seen these cryptic late night tweets from Jim Irsay on Twitter, uh, the Colts owner, where he's like, you know, to win in this league, you got to have an offense that's going to score 30 points a game. So, you know, he was marveling, I think, at what he saw in the AFC title game with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and probably also thinking, 
we got Allen, we got Mahomes, we got Joe Burrow, we got Justin Herbert with the Chargers. We got all these young stud quarterbacks, and our guy didn't get it done that we traded for, and we don't have our first-round pick in the upcoming draft because of it. So if the Colts elect to cut Carson Wentz, they're still on the hook for some money, but I believe they would save maybe like $15 million, but the rest he would obviously get. So there's no real free agents mm-hmm. in terms of quarterbacks, in terms of unrestricted free agents. I think Roethlisberger's the only one, and he's about to go off into retirement, you would think. So if you're going to bring in a new quarterback, these guys are all under contract. You're probably going to have to make a trade. Or do you feel you have the pieces to go ahead and get there? Because the Colts, I think no team really flamed out because this was a team that was kind of like a dark horse team, like everybody's favorite dark horse that they were going to make a run that they were going to be able to, you know, get in the playoffs and really do some damage. Mm-hmm. And then you go lose as a over two touchdown favorite on the road to Jacksonville and really got beat up front. Carson Wentz didn't look right. It's like none of the team looked right. You thought this was like a formality. That did not happen. So lean with the Chiefs just because they have the continuity and I have no idea what the quarterback situation yeah, the, is going to be. The Colts killed me. Two opportunities to seal their fate to go to the playoffs and they couldn't get it done. But hey, what if they make a trade for one of these other quarterbacks who have been, there's two quarterbacks that have been historically great as we continue our would you rather that also have questions about whether or not they're returning to their team. With those question marks in the air, would you rather bet the Packers at 12 to one or the Buccaneers at 10 to one? And I just say, Packers, I know you saw the the Photoshop of mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers face on a Colts uniform. I did, he looked good with the uh, horseshoe <laughs> on the helmet. Let's see if uh, Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard can make that happen. but. Anyway, to Packers and Bucks. Look, obviously, these prices are assuming that Aaron, that both numbers 12, Rodgers and Brady, are going to be back with these their respective teams. But I would rather the Green Bay Packers here because when I look at Tampa Bay, look, they all came back off that Super Bowl win last year. That's like, okay, we're going to run it back, try to go back to back. And a lot of these guys signed some one-year contracts. So, therefore, now they have 23 players on that roster as unrestricted free agents. They have the third oldest roster in all of the National Football League. Only the Cardinals and the Bears had an older roster on average age this year. So, you know, are some of these guys going to be like, well, you know, we're at the end of the career. They have, uh, I believe... 15 players over 30 years old do Tampa Bay. So, look, that doesn't mean, you know, you're put out the pasture and they put you in the nurse and the old folks home. But I still think that there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot more turnover in Tampa Bay. Now, the key in Green Bay is if Devontae Adams is going to come back, he wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league. He's not coming back unless 12 is coming back to Lambeau Field. But still... I think the Packers, just when you look at the division, they are in the better shape because you got to look. The Detroit Lions, yeah, they played hard every single week. Credit to them. But that's a team with talent, a deficiency of talent at multiple positions. You have the Bears and the Vikings, both now with new general managers. The Bears got hired yesterday, and the Vikings hired their new GM today. So now they have to find new coaches. And you've got a Bears team that's going to have Justin Fields essentially in his first full season as a starter at quarterback where he'll give you those wow moments but he'll give you those you know that most rookie quarterbacks I don't care how talented they are I remember Peyton Manning I had season tickets for Indianapolis Colts his rookie year he threw 30 interceptions as a rookie so it happens so I think Green Bay has maybe the easier path than Tampa Bay would at least from a division standpoint okay my last one and I'm gonna actually go off the beaten path on this one okay okay this year would you rather Bet $1,000 on the length of the national anthem time mm-hmm. or be paid $1,000 to sing the national anthem right here live on VEASAN.
Mm, I'd probably rather bad. I, 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 I'm a music connoisseur, but uh, I, I do not exactly have great pipes, so I don't know if I if I want to do that. To be honest with you, I, don't, I wonder who is singing. I don't know if they've announced who's singing. I the haven't National seen Anthem yet this year, but uh, that is one I'll do some research yeah, on. Yeah, we've we've got to look, and then we're digging into the YouTube here. It's like, okay, she sang the national anthem at the NBA Finals or this bowl game or something. Mm-hmm. So. Always a fun prop. One thing I always tell people to keep an eye on, the band does play at the Super Bowl along with the singer. So Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. It slows Mm -hmm. things down. All right. (laughs) Let's uh, turn our attention to some college hoops, some betting action that you can actually do for tonight. Um, Some interesting games last night. We saw Kentucky go to overtime with Mississippi State. Auburn winning a close one with Mizzou. UCLA upsetting Arizona. Lots of top 25 action tonight as well. What's maybe your favorite bet of the night? Couple I'm looking at, and by the way, this is going to get tipped off at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern, so about 45 minutes from now. Get in there. And I looked at this, and you have a 16-2 Providence team that is number one right now in the Big East uh, ahead of the conference standings, who has won three games in a row. And now they're going on the road to Xavier, and they're getting eight points uh, on the road. It was eight, eight and a half in the overnights, pretty much stabilized at eight. You have a Xavier team that has not covered four games in a row. So your immediate instinct, right, is to say, oh, man, Providence, I'm all over that eight points. But I think they've been lucky a little bit lately, and they've kind of not gotten, you know, just kind of gotten by, really, the last couple games against, I think, some of the lesser teams in the Big East. So, yeah, Providence is ranked higher at 17, but... They kind of just got barely by a Georgetown team that's bottom of the barrel in the Big East. They beat Butler by only seven. This is a Butler team that absolutely cannot score and, you know, just are very inefficient offensively. So it's like Providence getting eight. You're tempted to jump all over that. Not so fast. I think you lay it with Xavier here. It's got, I alluded to it last night, the old CNC Music Factory song from the 90s, Things That Make You Go, Hmm. <laughs> this was the Things That Make You Go, Hmm, line. Why is Xavier this big of a favorite over Providence? Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, someones. It's like Lee Corso always says. Someone knows something that I don't know, and I'm going to go with the someones, and I'll lay it with Xavier. I'm probably going to have to tell you when I get off the air here on that one. I like that a lot. And also, just for the record, nobody has better, like, comparisons or analogies or anything than you. I get so excited when I listen to you on the program. If if you're in, like, your 20s and 30s, you're saying, who's this old guy (laughs) giving these references? Because – I don't have the twenty-something references, no. but if you're if, if you're forty or fifty years old or more, you get what I'm saying. I get so excited. I can't remember what it was regarding, but one time you were out here singing "Golden Girls," and I was really, really enjoying. Thank myself. you for being a friend. Oh, Stormy. there we go. Um, VCU taking on number twenty-five Davidson tonight. They're three and a half point road dogs. What do you think about them tonight? Yeah, I took four and a half in the overnight. I'd still take three and a half or better with VCU because. Davidson now finally has a number by its name. They're finally ranked Mm -hmm. in the AP poll. And we often find this with kind of like middle major conferences, Stormy. Of course, there's the Power Six conferences because you add the Big East with the college football Power Five. Davidson is in the A-10. So, you know, they don't always get the benefit of the doubt that some of these big conference schools get. But they've won several games in a row. They're finally ranked in the top 25. And now they're getting a VCU team that they did beat down in Richmond, 63 to 61. But if you really go back to that game, Stormy, with VCU and Davidson, VCU really should have won that game. And and it was very frustrating for those of us that were on the Rams. 
they were 9 of 21 per shot quality, which measures the quality of shots in college basketball games, whether it's from the three or at the rim. VCU was 9 of 21 on layups. They were missing bunnies at the rim. They generated 17 turnovers off of Davidson. Davidson's starting backcourt lawyer and Michael Jones. 10 combined turnovers. If VCU can turn up that havoc pressure tonight, I think that they're going to get a chance to get in transition. Davidson really struggles Mm -hmm. in transition defense. So I'm going to go against the newly ranked Davidson because oftentimes when a team gets that winning streak in a row and they finally become ranked, it's like they have that sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we finally got there. And maybe there's a chance that they lose their edge a little bit now that they're finally ranked. It's like, okay, we've proven how good we are because we got a number by our name. And then you see a BCU team that now sees that ranked team that is very motivated. So I like the Rams tonight. Awesome. Keep an eye on all of that going into the college basketball slate tonight. Um, We've only got about like 30 seconds before we go, but the Farmers Insurance Open did begin today. What can you tell us about what's happened so far or who you like? Yeah, uh, two co-leaders right now, Michael Thompson and Billy Horschel, both eight under par on the north course. One of the things you want to look at if you have not bet already pre-flop The north course is substantially easier than the south course. The south course is like 500 yards longer, so you're not going to see as many low scores. Like, if you look up and down the leaderboard, most of these guys started the north course, and then they got to go play the south course tomorrow. So if you're looking to get in play, look down the board for those guys that started today on the harder golf course because that leaderboard is going to kind of invert when you get to it tomorrow. Had to make sure we got that in. Wes Reynolds, make sure you listen to Long Shots with he and Brady Cannon. That's going to do it for my guys. Thank you, Wes. Danny Burke and Rush Hour are coming up next. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare